Hey guys, this is DP0427 here for another episode of The Watchtower. And with me, as always, we have Mr. Scotty back from the JLR. Hey guys, kind of nice now to be part of the always team for The Watchtower. That's cool. <laughs> you're going to be at least a regular for this segment, and then maybe we'll have you on other segments too in the future. So we'll see, we'll go from there. So today, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't watched Shazam yet, this is going to be completely all about Shazam today. So... Uh, if you don't want to be spoiled, tune out now and come back after you've seen it. So, But we're going to go straight into it. We're going to talk uh, as much as we like about the movie and, you know, the rest be damned. So, you've been that, is it, it, Isn't the statute of limitations on spoilers two weeks anyway? More or less. But uh, to be fair, you know, if people are like me and uh, Shazam just came out in Japan on Friday. So, all right. So, all right, at, the, all right, at, at the time of this recording, right? So, uh, but, you know, I watched as early as I could, which was, you know, this Sunday afternoon. So, mm-hmm. okay. uh, all right. So, uh, first of all, we have a rough structure, which kind of mostly wing this uh, segment for Shazam. We're going to talk about general thoughts, uh, give a rating out of 10, let's say, uh, talk about things we liked or didn't like about the movie and parts of particular scenes, end credit scenes, stuff like that. So first, we'll start with general thoughts and a rating out of ten. So, uh, Scotty, why don't you go first? Sure. Uh, so overall, I, I actually really enjoyed the movie. Okay. I, you know, Shazam is sort of one of those characters that I relate to really well because he's sort of just this like amazingly wise, smart, strong, like Superman level hero, right? But inside, he's just a child. And so I kind of relate to that really well, you know? Yeah. Because I feel like I'm this like awesome adult that is still a 10-year-old kid inside and never will change. So I think that's pretty wild. But uh, because of that, I kind of went in, you know, really hopeful that things were going to be good. Uh, a lot of the movie was actually filmed right around the corner from uh, the last place I was working. So uh, that's really neat, too. So I got to kind of look at a bunch of those scenes. But Overall, uh, I really enjoyed the movie. It was entertaining as heck. I feel like the actors turned in a pretty good job, uh, both the kids as well as Zachary Levi. I think he did really well. Um, special effects were good, but not overdone. And overall, I, I'd say, you know, fairly true to the source material. There was there were surprises in the movie as well, which I know we'll get to, which I which were really exciting. And overall, I'd give the movie like a solid seven and a half, eight. I think. Yeah. Like it was, it was very enjoyable. I, I wouldn't go out of my way to say it's a must see, but if you do enjoy the source material, I would, I would definitely. It's not a waste of time. Okay, great. So that's a good summary and a, a decent rating for the movie. So seven and a half out of eight, you said, or or eight out of ten, you said. Yeah, I, I might even push it to eight. I'd give it an eight out of ten. Fair enough. All right. So for me, uh, let's start with the rating. I guess from my side, since you, you ended with the rating, so. I would probably agree with you. I'd give it an eight, even maybe push it higher to eight and a half uh, out of ten because I really like the movie for its comedic aspects and what it brought mm-hmm. for the genre of uh, the DC universe. Because what DC universe, um, no, sorry, the the DC extended universe. Uh, I meant to say the cinematic universe rather. So the the cinematic universe, what it's lacking right now, if we compare it to Marvel, for example, is that one standalone comedic thing like how Thor had Thor Ragnarok, for example. Right now, is it fair to compare this to Thor Ragnarok? Maybe not exactly, but it is sort of that comic relief from sort of the, the darker aspects of the DCEU. Um, and it does give you that sort of buddy cop light uh, feeling, that sort of um, fun aspect 
and still gives you that superhero movie elements that you wanted out of the movie. So I really enjoyed that aspect. And then for that reason alone, I'll give it at least an 8. And then I mm-hmm. give it a higher 8 out of uh, 8.5 out of 10 for other reasons but we'll get into later. So yeah. my general thoughts on the movie, it's a very good time. <clears throat> like if you're going to go to the theater um, expecting a superhero movie, you're going to get that. Uh, if you're going to go to the movie expecting some comedy, you're going to get that, right? Especially a lot of stuff from you, you see from the trailer, it delivers on that from the trailers. So uh, generally, I think it's a good time. You not, you're not Unless you're not into that type of comedy, then I don't uh, – maybe it's not for you. But otherwise, I think this is a movie for anybody and you'll probably leave the movie theater feeling, um, you know, satisfied and entertained. So Yeah. I think that to, to just kind of chime in on the humor real quick, I, I – the one thing I really enjoyed about it is that the humor was there, but it wasn't forced or overdone. Right. Right. There are definitely some lines and some moments in Ragnarok, as an example, since you referred to it earlier, mm-hmm. that really felt like they were put in there just for the purpose of being funny. Whereas I felt like a lot of the humor that was generated within Shazam was for the most part, like it was it was it didn't feel forced to me, except for probably the one, you know, the superhero monologuing or the supervillain monologuing <laughs> moment. Yeah. It was good, but that was about the only force piece. Everything else just felt genuine. It wasn't over the top. It wasn't like they were funny for the sake of being funny. It's just when you consider the fact that these are teenagers, basically, that are starring in the movie, uh, it it kind of fell along those lines. So I, I did enjoy it for that. Right. And just to sort of, I guess we'll get into that aspect of it since we're already on that topic. We'll just kind of branch mm-hmm. off from there. Uh, to talk more about the comedic aspect, as you were saying, the comedy in and of itself is based around the kids, right? It's based around the teenagers. And what makes it funny isn't the fact that it's, um, like you said, it's not, you know, in your face. It's not forced humor. But it's also humor that kids can relate to. This is what kids find funny. And we find it funny because we used to be kids or we're still a kid at heart. And that's sort of what helps us relate to that humor, right? So. Mm-hmm. It's funny, for example, for someone like us to go to the theater and see this. It's like, oh, he's a big kid, and that's why it's funny. And then if, for example, if I took someone like, you know, my nephew or, um, you know, my friend who takes their kids or you take your daughter uh, to the theater, you, they could probably appreciate that too from their point of view as well, right? Whereas yeah. something like Thor Ragnarok, it's probably, you know, there is a lot of humor in it, but some of it might get lost in translation for kids, for example, right? Well, Guardians is a good example of that, That's right? True. Where so like go, most yeah. of the humor in Guardians was more geared towards the adults to get paid off for bringing right. their kids to the movie. Right. So, there you go. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Agree. So, um, okay. So we talked about the com- the comedic aspects about it. So, in specific, are there any characters that you found funnier than others that you really liked for that comedic aspect? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Freddy steals the show, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, his sort of you know sarcastic self-deprecating humor i just found absolutely hilarious mm-hmm. and uh you know he, all of the little kind of subtle jokes and jabs that he plays at too i think were really good um you know you can see that character arc progress really really well but at the first he's sort of this you know deep down wounded uh character that you know really enjoys uh, using humor as a tool to deflect from his own right. you know, sense of inadequacy. And he does it supremely well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite moments of that specifically when he was, you know, he first meets Billy transformed and they kind of meet in that back alley and they're doing this like very brief uh, power test and the whole, <laughs> you know, try invisible, try to be invisible. And he's like, yeah. Oh my God, you're invisible. 
And then, you know, it turns out, no, he's not. He's just been messing with him the whole time. I, that was, I found nice, that was like a nice costume douchebag. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It was a great Freddie humor moment. And, yeah, and it was, was it, awesome. it's a lot of that kind of throughout the course of it. And so I, I really liked him a lot. Yeah, that was funny. I, I do like that aspect of it. It was, it was, you know, what kids do to each other. They just pick on each other for whatever reason. Right. And mm-hmm. I like that. That was good. And, um, I liked Freddie for that. It's the same aspects as you do. But for me, one character that didn't really get that much screen time, but I did like it for when he was on screen, was uh, Eugene, the the Asian kid in the family, right? So um, it, it's funny because when he becomes uh, a part of the Shazam family, when he be- when he gets his powers, uh, everyone's doing their thing, right? He his thing. Uh, we don't really know exactly what. I think he's a technopath, right? On top of the fact that he has the Shazam powers, he has. Mm-hmm. The ability to control technology too, <laughs> but when he starts zapping the monsters, he's like Hadouken. <laughs> like, yeah, that got, that got me. I like. I yeah. laughed really hard in the theater. And it's, yeah, funny, yeah, yeah. it's funny because this is one of the only superhero movies that movies that I've watched in the theaters in Japan, where a lot of the Japanese uh, audience members were also laughing alongside me because they all got that joke. Nice. <laughs> so that nice. was funny. Um, yeah, he stood out. He uh, even though the fact that you know he he's a gamer too, and a lot of that's another thing about this movie because Captain Marvel originally in the back in the day the comic books during you know the Fawcett comic series and the DC comic series way back in the day. This is something way before we were born, right? Mm-hmm. And they they re- rewrote the script. They made it so that it's more in line with today's generation. They have, you know, social media on there. They have gamers. They have streaming. They have all that, you know, pop culture stuff that we know today well, I, in there. I feel like the source material for this was really more in sort of a new 52 rebirth, oh, yeah, right? Definitely. And and I think that that played really well. And, and as far as DC goes with their EU, I really believe that in order for them to make successful movies, they need to continue to follow along that source material. Mm-hmm. Because if you're digging too far back into it, I think that you lose that capacity to you know, connect with familiarity mm-hmm. uh, within, you know, if you have, if you're forced to adopt, to adapt the source material to modern day, mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be as effective as just, you know, being faithful uh, to the source material that's already been upgraded and, and modernized. So mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was really excited about that. And you, you brought up the Shazam family and that was actually mm-hmm. the biggest surprise that had me, me cheering. And, me too. Right. There's I, I, no mention whatsoever in any of the trailers about the fact that the Shazam family does actually occur. Like exactly. You kind of get you get the little pay, like little hints and stuff where there's like there used to be seven, and here's the empty chairs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you get all of that leading up, and if you know what you're looking for, you can read the signs. Yeah. But you still don't know if they're actually going to do it, and maybe they're saving it for the sequel. But then they pull it off, and they actually do it. And I was just like, yes, uh, this yes, is exactly it, what I wanted. I felt exactly the same way. So basically, everything leading up to that point was perfectly well written in the script, too, I found. So mm-hmm. the way they were introducing Billy into the Foster family and how the parents were trying to get him to, to be part of the group, be part of them with the all hands on deck and, you know, basically their form of saying grace before dinner and all that stuff, right? And he was sort of like standoffish until that point. Then they got into the carnival scene and then they got to, he, he realized what he had to do with what the, the wizard Solomon was tell, telling him. And then he realized, okay, I got the staff and he said, all right, everybody, all hands on deck. And that was the sort of, that's where everything clicked, right? Yeah. That's where everything clicked and they're like, all right, 
say my name, and everyone, all hands on deck, say my name. Say, Billy! <laughs> it was Billy! No, 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 the other name! <laughs> yes, <Yeah, exactly. laughs> uh, Everybody in the theater laughed. That was hilarious. Like, and yeah. there was no humor lost there by anyone in any language. That was awesome. And mm-hmm. um, that was great. And then the coming, like, the realizing of it, and all, the, all that coming together, it was accumulated perfectly in that one moment. Right, and then after yeah. you see the aftermath of all that, and then they go back home, and he's there. They're back there with the parents, and they're at the dinner scene. And Billy's the one who says, "All right, all hands on deck," and that sort of brings it all together, right? So, first of all, like that scene where they all become the Shazam family. That you know, I was my friend in the theater with me. He he basically had to help hold me back from standing up and cheering. <laughs> yeah. and, and at the end, you know, the scene with the with the family at the dinner. You know, I was trying to holding back the tears. You know, man, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, was, it was it was it was a really good. good story. Yeah, it felt like they did a very good job of bringing all of that full circle. Right, you get to see the character journey not only of Billy, you know, but like really just the whole family as a whole and how they you know how they end up coalescing together as, as yep. a real unit. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought that that was, that was really, really good. Yeah. It was super well done. Lots of like nice stab you in the heart moments too. Yes. When Billy's trying to find his mom and, yes, yes, and yes, realize yes, that, yes. you know, she doesn't want him and, yeah. and you know, he used to try to internalize all of that. And, yeah. you know, he takes his own little, you know, deep, dark journey with his powers. Right. He's like, Oh, I've got these powers now. I don't need anybody, you know, and it kind of fuels that, um, the the pre-climax billy mentality you know right where he's like i can do it all on my own and now i can totally do it all on my own and you know you you kind of get these moments where you know they are formative and and they're they're well done and i was really really impressed with overall yeah i mean what, what you're saying there the one thing that i that really fixated on me when i was when i was listening to you there when you're talking about the mother scene right and I liked how they did it in terms of the writing because they didn't overdo it. They did it just enough. They showed the mother. They showed that she wasn't, you know, basically the right person for him to be with. And they just ended it real briefly. Like they, they made it, what, maybe a five minute scene or something like that. And it was done. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. There, there was other, there could have been other movies that they could have dragged that on. They could have made that more of a thing and how, how that's like affecting his life and he's down in the dumps and things like that. But, you know, they cleaned that up. He moved on, you know, and this is his new life and he figured out this is my real family now. So, yeah. well, and the other thing too is I think it was right after that too that he, after that encounter with his mom, that he realized that Dr. Sylvanas was actually at the house, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So he kind of had to like, um, so what have I done to, like really screw this up. You know, I have this family and I've put them in danger and I need to clean up my mess. And so he kind of had to turn it around. And that moment when he, he runs up to the roof and he just runs off and you know, that, that scene from the trailers. Yeah. It it was really good. I was really glad to see that that's where it sat. That was, that was his, uh, so to speak, Batman or Batman moment or his, uh, his Superman moment, like of coming, coming into character moment right mm-hmm. that all the superheroes will have in their origin movies right so I, I like that it was really good um in terms of like i guess the the stunt scenes or the um the, the i guess the the special effects and things like that were there any scenes that you really liked like for example the bus scene or the battles with savannah anything you so really liked? The, the bus scene i really enjoyed i thought that was that was really well done i really liked the superpower discovery scenes right you know when he's like jumping up on the on yeah. the uh, the half, the half pipe, pipe. And, yeah. you know punching through walls and stuff or columns and such. I really felt like that was 
like it it was realistically done without mm-hmm. looking over processed and overdone so that mm-hmm. was cool um but i honestly it, i think the crowning achievement of special effects was all of the action sequences that occurred within the uh amusement park yeah. i just felt like that was that was the perfect uh the, the perfect example of that. Seeing, it was all, pretty sweet. seeing all the Marvels fight at the same time. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, like, agree. So and I liked, uh, because I don't, I didn't know much about the newer, the new 52 Marvel family. Cause maybe this is something that either the movie's introducing or this is something that I'm not up to date with, but I only know of, uh, Mary, uh, Mary Marvel and Shazam Jr. Right. Or Captain Marvel Jr. Mm-hmm. Ca- like basically Captain Marvel two and three. Um, but I don't know of the green one, the silver one and the purple one. Right. So the green mm-hmm. one is from what I was reading on the wiki, right? Um, so the green one is supposed to be like obviously from what we saw a bigger buffer Shazam. So on top of his Shazam powers, he has more strength than the other Shazams, right? Uh, the 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 silver one or the gray one is uh, uh, on top of his Shazam powers. He's a technopath, so he can control technology. And uh, the purple one is a more of like a speedster Shazam on top of her yep. Shazam power. She's really fast, so. Mm-hmm. And we saw a bit of that, but is this something from the comics or is this something that they're writing in? So that's what I was trying to figure out. So, so I haven't read enough of them, but I imagine it's probably like everything else has been really faithful. So I have to imagine it's going to be about the same thing. Okay. Um, but I really liked how they kind of all have uh, the exaggerated power set. So, right. so, you know, they all sort of have a baseline. Whereas I think that Billy's baseline is higher than the average baseline, mm-hmm. but then the others sort of have you know more exaggerated stats right. in some realms than than the others. And I think that was it was really well done because I think that it you know it it makes the seven worthwhile right. since there's seven or since there's six so powers that kind of go in. Yeah, right. So I think that's cool. Now, okay, so I mean, we talked about a lot of what we liked so far. Is there anything that we don't, didn't like about the movie? Anything that you remember that you didn't really like too much? Yeah, so uh, again, I feel like the uh, there are two moments I think that were a little bit, a little bit on the nose. I think that uh, you know the the villain monologuing, which we referred to earlier, whereas you know they're fighting and flying against each other and, and chasing each other around the city, and you know at some point in time they stop and they're you know what four hundred meters away from each other, flight, oh, flying that, in the air, was, and Sylvanas <laughs> just like goes off on this crazy villain monologue, and yeah. Billy's just like, "What? What? I can't hear you. What?" So we're like a mile apart here. <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm kind of like, uh, you know, I could take or leave that moment. I get why they did it, but it just kind of felt a little on us. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one that I could kind of take or leave was, oh crap, I had it in my head. One second. Yeah, you'll have to come back to me. I'll get it in a minute. I'm sure okay, this back. Well, yeah. Yeah, for, for me, when, when we were talking about the scenes where like we really appreciated the whole superhero power test thing, the part mm-hmm. of that that I didn't like too much, well, it, I felt it was a bit overdone, was the social media aspect of Freddy. Now, Freddy was becoming a YouTuber, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, was it the superhero manager? That was his uh, his YouTube name. Yeah. <laughs> and he... It, it became a lot about social media and that presence and that that sort of fame and how it got into their high school, right? So that that basically was what he was trying to play off of. And I guess this is more about the reality we live in today. And it's kind of ironic the fact that we as content creators and on YouTube as well, we're, we're talking <laughs> about this too. But you know, I felt like it was a bit overplayed. I mean, maybe show it once or, once or twice, but it was like a large sequence of that, right? That was what a what Freddie had going for him as a high school student. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm not sure if that's the message we want to be sending to kids at the same time, 
but you know maybe maybe I'm thinking too much into it, but I felt it was overdone, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I can get behind that. Um, I, I remembered what the other piece was. I, I was not a fan of how uh, they had to eventually beat Sylvanas, like right. that whole you know enticing the last enticing envy out of yeah. him in order to beat him. Like I was kind of like really it felt a little Deus Ex for me, but oh, yeah. you know like. I get it. Uh, but I thought that the way that Sylvanas had all his powers and how he manifested them and all that stuff, I, I, I felt that, that that was very good. Yep. Um, I just wish that he could have, mm-hmm. should he should have been able to beat him some other way. That's all. What did you think about uh, Mark Strong as Sylvana? Great job. What a fantastic job. He's a great actor anyway. Yeah. Right? But he was, he really had that sort of sinister mm-hmm. you know scheming uh villain thing coming across really really well i was super impressed with this performance right. may, may have been one of the best performances in the entire movie actually. right he he's he's a really creepy dude when it comes to that kind of stuff right? mm-hmm. so he, he he was the perfect choice for that and uh, can we uh you know give a quick shout out to um his his father in the movie the uh, the old school uh, Lionel Luther from the Smallville series yeah of course <laughs> I remember them like oh I haven't seen this guy in a while <laughs> so, yeah. that yeah. was that was good to see him again um, yeah so you know overall it was pretty good is there anything that we expect going forward oh actually before we go into that um, let's talk about the cutscenes and the other scenes I guess mm-hmm. right so the first cutscene the scene with him in the jail cell and you know he's trying to write the scriptures out but then you know he his chalker is whatever breaks and then we get to see mr mind did you see mr. yeah mr mind <laughs> yeah and he was he was in the uh he was in the fortress before yeah. i didn't actually uh know if that was mr mind or not i thought it was just like a bug like or just something and then was it mr mm-hmm. mind and then oh it broke out I guess, oh it's mr mind who broke out then exactly yeah. and then it was he was there at the end i'm like okay so yeah. I, I think that's going to be really cool because that's like a whole new unique type of enemy that uh, the Shazam family is going to have to try to take on. Right. And Mr. Mind is absurdly powerful. Yeah. Right. Now, so it's it's going to really step up the game. Right. And they have to form their own like little society, their own allegiance. Right. And then with all their other, you know, evil superhero or evil supervillains. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing is, what's interesting about that, because if I if I figure that's what they're going, the route they're going to go down now. Uh, I'm assuming Shazam at some point is probably going to have to fight Black Adam probably in the next uh, Black Adam standalone thing, right? But if there's like a Shazam 2, he might get into this with Savannah again with um, and Mr. Mind, right? But yes. in Justice League, if we go back to what we what we remember from the Justice League movie, we know that the Injustice League is being formed with Lex Luthor and Deathstroke, right? Mm-hmm. So how many of the sort of, you know, evil supervillain groups and alliances are forming in the DC cinematic universe right now. Like there's a lot of stuff there's a lot to handle. Because we know from the second cutscene that he meets up with Superman. <laughs> yeah. 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 He does. Uh, and uh, made me well that, no that was that happy. was the actual end of the movie. Yeah. The Superman scene was the actual end of the movie. So right. Superman ends up uh, coming to lunch. And right. uh, oh, right, right, and right. Sitting, right. sitting right. down next to, that... next to Freddy. So that was cool. Sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. But the second cut scene was actually just them bagging on Aquaman. Aquaman. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was hilarious. Like, that was actually worth waiting for. It's it like, was really funny. It was like, it's like, you know, look like me. I can talk to fish. What kind of superpower is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you control an entire army of the sea? Hello? Yeah. yeah really, really good. <laughs> he should post um, the shirt that he's wearing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I think so. To your point, though, I'm, 
I think that the DC cinematic universe needs that. Like, I think that part of the problem that they've had is they've been too narrow in their focus, I think. And being able to kind of open up to some further potential and basically saying, hey, guys, like, we do have big ideas. You know, there are things that we could do. These are all, you know, things that exist within this world. Uh, I think it gives them a lot of a lot of writing space, you know, for the future of the movies, because I think that that's something that they've needed. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've seen that we've seen those seeds planted. Uh, it's been very evident since the initial cutscenes of Iron Man at the right. end, like Iron Man one. You know, we knew that there was a plan for the Avengers. We right. knew that there was a plan for all these movies and all these people. Like Kevin Feige has had this vision. We are only now starting to see it by next weekend in North America. Mm-hmm. See it come to fruition with Endgame, right? And you know, it's been a joy to watch that type of plan execute. And in my opinion, I think that that sort of vision and that sort of roadmap has actually been DC Cinematic Universe's major Achilles heel. Right. There hasn't been that one person that's been leading the charge. Jeff Johns is trying, but I mean, it's not it's not the same. He doesn't have the same sort of uh, power or influence, I guess, I mean, without really knowing uh, that Feige's had. But if he can start pulling together that, those sort of plans for storylines, dude, there's there's nothing stopping it. DC right. source material is insane. If we're talking about roadmaps and sort of where the DCU is headed, um, I personally think we have about two or three different branches that they're going down right now. So we have the what I'm going to call the Justice League branch, which involves the Trinity, right? Batman, Superman, mm-hmm. and Wonder Woman. And yep. that that is basically, you know, the the story of the Justice League versus uh, probably Darkseid eventually, but most likely in Justice League first. That's one branch, right? Mm-hmm. The next branch is all the secondary characters that they're introducing, like Shazam now. And then um, they're going to be doing um, Birds of Prey soon. They're going to be doing Joker. Uh, they're going to be doing um, another Wonder Woman movie, right? So they're sort of doing some more origin stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Aquaman 2 probably eventually as well. Um, there's Cyborg and Flashpoint also confirmed at some point mm-hmm. later down the line. So what I'm expecting it to do, like, so basically the I expect Cyborg, Flashpoint, and Wonder Woman uh, 1984 to sort of basically branch off from the Justice League um, direction, but then sort of come back to it. Then you have characters like Shazam. They're off doing their own thing. They'll join the Justice League and then continue doing their own thing. Sort of like Ant-Man in the Avengers series, right? Sure. If we could think so of that's that. A good, that's a good parallel, actually. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the question is, basically, now then you have another branch now. The third branch is these sort of uh, villain anti-hero branches like Joker, Birds of Prey, things like that, right? Where does that fit? And Suicide Squad. So... Where does that fit in? So that's like off doing another whole different thing. Is that going to come so, back around to, for example, the Injustice League? Is that going to come back around to the Justice League branch? Or is that going to stay a third different thing? So so I think I think it has to come around. The only yeah. exception to that is I, I believe, I've read somewhere, that the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix yeah. actually technically falls under the Elseworlds brand. Oh, so it could be a whole different other reality. I think so. Yeah. Um, now, they may prove us wrong with the actual execution of the movie, and we'll right. see. Um, but everything about the origin story and the, the character and who they are and what they where they get to, 
uh, it all feels very Elseworlds because I don't think any of it is really canon. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we'll see how that one shakes up. But I think that, you know, with regards to Suicide Squad and with regards to, you know, the Birds of Prey stuff, I'm, I'm fairly confident that all of that stuff is still in canon because we've demonstrated, even in the first Suicide Squad movie, that was proven to be part of sort of that Trinity line. Right. Because Batman was in that movie, right? So that's all part of the same thing. But I think that it kind of has to come full circle. And if it does... And they all meet up in the middle for some sort of event. Now we've got something, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's that's execution of you know that proof of that vision, right? Um, but if they don't and they continue on these separate divergent paths, then I I think that's you know completely proving the other side that there isn't enough you know cohesiveness within the universe, and that's not going to serve anybody. Fair enough. So for this year's movies so far, uh, part of the thing that I want to think about in terms of where DCEU is heading, or the DC Cinematic Universe rather, is in terms of their budget and in terms of their success rate. Because uh, recently, I think within the last quarter of last year, uh, AT&T bought out the, or is now a majority shareholder of uh, Time Warner. And um, basically, they're calling the shots on a lot of their projects, right? Like um, game-related, movie-related, and so on and so forth. So I Mm -hmm. think a lot of the DC Cinematic Universe's future hangs um, in the balance or is reliant on uh, the success of the movies that came out this year so far and for the next upcoming new movies. So basically, Aquaman, uh, Shazam... We have Joker coming up, and I don't know if we have another one this year. I think the next one after that might be Wonder Woman, 1984, Mm -hmm. I think. So basically, at least up until Joker this year, they all have to basically kill it so that the other movies that are sort of to to be decided in terms of dates that are not already, like, you know, in the process of filming actually get greenlit and continue down because we have a lot of stuff in the pipeline, like Birds of Prey, as I said before, we have... Uh, so that's filming already. Yeah. So, so, that, so, so Birds of Prey yeah. is already right. filming. Yeah. I think that The Flash is due to start next. Uh-huh. Um, and Wonder Woman, I think, has wrapped. Okay. Right. So so we definitely have those coming. Joker, obviously, is coming this year. But I think that those two movies are for sure coming next year. But as far as greenlighting further projects, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I, I obviously... Uh, Aquaman was a global success, right. um, much to the surprise of literally everybody. Uh, thank you, Jason Momoa, for being amazing, yes. I guess. Um, and Nicole <laughs> so much ass. Yeah. Uh, and then Shazam was great. Uh, yeah. And it, it had, you know, it slammed a pile of records as well. I'm not hopeful for Joker. Okay. As far as being a box office scenario. And mm-hmm. I think that the reason for that is because of its sort of island type uh plot styling okay so unless i'm proven wrong which could happen uh if it's if it remains out on an island i I don't see good things for it unless joaquin delivers a a heath ledger style performance which is not outside of his capacity by the way okay well we'll see i hope that it exceeds our expectations at least for now because Mm -hmm. there's a lot riding on it for you know our future of the, the, the as fans of the DC Cinematic Universe. So, and um, in terms of, I guess, rolling back to sort of the Justice League branch of where that's headed in terms of the, the cinematic universe, we know that Shazam, at the end of the movie, has talked, uh, has at least spoken to Superman. At this point, can we say that he's going to be in the next Justice League movie, you think? 
I mean, uh, it, there's not really even an ex Justice League movie planned, right? Right. So if there is, but right. if there is, I mean, I can't see why he wouldn't be. I don't think the whole family will be a part of it, but I can't right. see why Zachary Levi wouldn't be wouldn't be in that. That's right. So the other thing is then, if you go back to if you think about it that way now, in terms of the Justice League as the formation of the Justice League right now, we still are all you know missing several characters, several key characters because Shazam. Um, if people follow either the old uh, the old canon or the new canon, the new 52 rather, uh, he comes in a lot later than some of the key characters we still don't have, right? Like Green yeah. Arrow, Martian Green Arrow. Hunter. Green Lantern. Right, Green Lantern. And also, yeah, that was one of the other things. I remember there was a Green Lantern Corps uh, movie in the in works uh, since like uh-huh. 2018 or something like that. So they've had a script yeah. like in the process of being written for that. So, um, But anyways... Um, we're, I guess we'll get we'll get into that sometime later down the line, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I guess we'll wrap it up there. Um, overall, movie was great. Um, mm-hmm. Had a lot of fun. Uh, I guess the next time we'll be talking about Avengers mainly. But uh, if there's any other DC news, maybe we'll talk about Doom Patrol if we have time as well. I think by the time this time next month, Doom Patrol will be done. Or yeah, I think so. About right, yeah. We're on like what yeah. episode six or seven, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and so it'll it should be done within the month, and then Young Justice will be starting up shortly right, thereafter. Right, and, and then, like I think they actually dovetail into each other. Right, and Swamp Thing as well. Swamp Thing starts in May. Yeah. yeah, that some of the stills that I've seen from that look insane. Yeah, it looks good, and Gotham wraps up soon too. So, Next week, yeah, or something. I saw the Next trailer. Episode is the I saw the trailer for the last episode. It looks really good. Nice. <laughs> anyway, I'm actually way behind in that one, so I'll have to catch up. Go catch up. It's good. It's getting really good. Okay. All right. Okay. So we'll uh, we'll wrap things up there. So um, with that, uh, have a good night, guys. See you later. Yeah. Ciao. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of WROL Broadcasts, a subsidiary of the Oddsman and We Are Legends. To view additional content and support the show, please go to patreon.com slash W-R-O-L broadcasts.